0: paper since 1971. Bonus time on the Show. As I speak, it is Friday, February 2nd, 2024. Uh, as I like to do, is start these interviews. Uh, little news from today's paper. This is not the paper. This is breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. Uh, sent to me in the form of a text from Crane Chicago Business. They sent me the text, even though I can't read the story. Because they have a paywall, okay? And their paywall is like Kemi Matumbo. Don't come in whack. <laughs> so I can't read this great opus, Cranes. You know, is that fair? I mean, Cranes can listen to me for free. They can read me for free. But I got to pay to read Cranes. Been that way, by the way, forever. I don't know, Cranes. That's not a lot of love for me, all right? So I'm not paying until you pay me. When you pay me to read my stuff, Cranes, I'll pay you to read your stuff. That said, I'll just read the headline, the tease. Here's the headline uh, from Crane Chicago Business. My old poker playing pal, Greg Hines. Uh, breaking news. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. This stuff is so funny. The Bears' real focus is the lakefront, North Arlington Heights. <laughs> it's breaking news <laughs> on a Friday night. So this is hilarious, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I can't say with any degree of certainty what happened uh, to get Cranes and Greg Hines to write this story in that headline. But my guess is, ladies and gentlemen, that some PR person or some marketing person or whatever they call them, called Greg Hines and said, Greg, don't use my name, but I'm going to give you an exclusive. And the exclusive is the Bears really want to come to the lakefront. They don't want to go to Arlington Heights. See, right now, ladies and gentlemen, follow me. I'm about to tell you, the Chicago Bears are engaged in a standoff with school officials in and around Arlington Heights over the property value of the Arlington Heights Bears site. The lower the tax assessment is on that site, the less bears pay in taxes, the more everyone else in Arlington Heights pays in taxes. It's not that I know Chicago hasn't figured this out, all right? It's eluded Chicago. Wait a minute. If we give money to some rich guy, we pay more in taxes? Not. Nah, I've been trying to get Chicago to understand that for how many years, Distinguished Gas, and Chicago's still scratching its head. But Arlington Heights gets it, so this is a negotiation. So... By leaking this story, the Bears are doing two things. One, they're helping their negotiations, which I don't know where they are, with Mayor Brandon Johnson on a lakefront site and not a South Lakefront site. I want to add a near Soldier Field lakefront site. And two, they're putting a little pressure on the Knights. Hey, Arlington (laughs) Knights, you want to just be stuck with a big empty piece of huge land in the middle of your downtown? Keep playing hardball. So that's what's going on, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, Cranes is just only too happy to be what the conveyor of that news to help the Bears in their ongoing negotiations with Arlington. Heights. All right. Without further ado, a little education of how the media works. How it works, folks. That's how the game is played. Uh, you're welcome for that education. Without further ado, I'm going to ask my distinguished guest to introduce himself, and we're kind of a conversation that's kind of related to this. So, distinguished guest introduce yourself.
1: Hi, Ben. Uh, this is Moise Boani, uh, mediocre Chicago public school teacher, failed politician, um, had a batting average of 107 uh, in high school baseball. So glad to be here. Um, I was taking a little bit of a break from your show when you joined the right wing. Um, we all know that saga, but I'm glad you're here and I'm glad Alden Capital hasn't bought you out. Wait,
0: wait a minute. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. First of all, I happen to know you just listened to a recent episode. I, so I, did, I, I was not
1: crossing the picket line like, against you, Ben. Don't
0: worry. Fake news from Louise. <laughs> <laughs> fake news. The man just listened to it the other day when I gave him a shout-out promoting this particular episode.
1: That's true. That's true.
0: It, that was the lamest introduction I've ever had a guest do. There are the guests who do the introductions where they just like give their name. You know what I mean? Like, like, what do you guys think you are, Prince? Uh, my name is Bill Jones. Uh, that's not what you. Can, can you give a little more? I am not giving you any more information, Ben. <laughs> <then. laughs> it's like all you have to do is say, I'm Prince. And people go, oh, wow, Prince is on the Ben Drozki show. Uh, but anyway, M- Moise is perhaps, in my humble, that, that introduction didn't do him service. First of all, um, he is uh, a much better school teacher than he gave himself credit for. And second of all, he had the most impossible task in the world. And we're not even going to go back down that road when he ran for Alderman. Uh, and third of all, 50th Ward residents, you should have voted for him. Just saying. That's my humble opinion. Uh, and fourth of all, uh, the dude knows more about football, in my humble opinion, uh, than anyone I know, probably. Uh, well, anyone. Tim Amrine knows a lot about football. He's right up there with uh, everyone, anyone else. So his analysis... Uh, It's excellent when it comes to football. That's what we're talking about mostly. Now, you wouldn't want to bring him on to talk about basketball. It's a little weak of basketball. So uh, that's the one thing about Moise that you don't want to do is talk about. I with the college game. Anyway, all right. um, So do you have any thoughts, Moise, before we get to our Super Bowl preview? We get to Justin Fields' issue, the future of the Bears. Uh, the future of your beloved Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) uh, Those are fighting words. Any thoughts about uh, the game that the Bears are playing here with the white front as I just
1: uh, pointed out? Yeah. I mean, I think this has gotten so much more interesting with the White Sox potentially moving uh, to the South loop. Um, I, you know, I, I think like most Bears fans, there's this weird period of time, you know, they hired Kevin Warren, who's the president of the Chicago Bears, and you kind of understood with Iberflue staying and that press conference that Kevin Warren wants to be more involved on the sports side but will not be as involved or will make decisions like Ryan Poles. So ultimately, everything we assumed, you know, the Bears said early on or the early analysis on Kevin Warren as the Bears president was that he's here to build a stadium. Uh, he did that successfully for the Vikings. And since he's come on board, you know, there's this impasse with Arlington Heights. I think they're hundreds of millions of dollars apart from the most recent report. Um, And then on top of that, the White Sox having this plan to move to the South Loop. And then also those mock-ups that came out, I think also on Cranes, has just really put this emphasis that, you know, they they know what they're doing more with the stadium. While the Bears, we can't seem to figure out. Um, They keep flirting with... Uh, one, Arlington Heights, but I've also mentioned other suburbs that are interested in having them. But I do think they want to stay in Chicago. And I, I, there is a part of me that believes, and we'll see what it looks like for taxpayers, but that the Sox and the Bears will be staying in the city. And that's just going to be really interesting, the way out, and then what happens with Soldier Field. So it's not a surprise to me. Um, I think, uh, you know, obviously they probably have a more productive relationship with Mayor Johnson than Mayor Lightfoot, and that's why they see a pathway towards staying in the city. Um, and if they can, I think they will. I really think they will. But, um, you know, it's it's very different when you, when you look at who Minnesota's ownership was and their background versus the mom-and-pop ownership of the Chicago Bears. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting to see, but I, I'm i trying to f- – I think there's so much on the football side with the number one pick and all these different things going on that people have kind of let Kevin Warren just you know slide in the background, but I'm wondering when the pressure is going to heat up on him to give a tangible plan of what the Bears are going to be doing when it comes to where they're going to be.
0: All right, let me give uh, you political junkies out there a little lesson uh, on Kevin Warren to uh, sort of – Back up uh, what Moise just said. Uh, Kevin Warren is a very astute businessman uh, who, as uh, Moise pointed out, uh, was with the Minnesota Vikings when they built their stadium. And he was also with the Big Ten. He was the commissioner of the Big Ten Athletic uh, Conference when they expanded the first time they expanded. So this man understands the financial end of sports and how you could squeeze our obsession and our love for sports that people, junkies like Moise and I have. We will endlessly text each other about sports and you can squeeze that and make take advantage of it to make as much money as you can for the sporting conference and the sporting team. He is, I think, very astute in that game, as Moise was saying. The Chicago Bears are owned by the McCaskey family. Uh, the head of the family is Virginia McCaskey, who inherited the team from her father George Hallis. I realize this is more history than most of you want, but this is what you need to know. As Moise was saying, it's a very like, it's like, is it? It's beyond. If imagine Moise and I owing the sh- Chicago Bears, uh, it's a little beyond that. Uh, I think we would probably make better football decisions, at least Moise would. Uh, and but it's it's a family-owned business in a world of conglomerates. Uh, and the Bears movies are such a valuable franchise. That logo, that look, that connection, that, uh, that intense connection that Chicagoans Uh, have to the team. You can leave Chicago, go to L.A., go to New York, and you maintain that love for the Chicago Bears, even though they've only won one Super Bowl. And people are still talking about that Super Bowl. They can't get over that Super Bowl. It happened before Moise was born. (laughs) And so they're not taking advantage, the McCaskies, of this enormously potential lucrative property that they own, far beyond anything like jerry jones has in dallas in my humble opinion or those worthless packers in green bay far beyond that and so i think kevin warren is trying to put them into like that next jerry jones country movies and i'm not sure the mccaskies are able to keep up with him and i don't know how this relationship is going to wind up because i don't know how much like latitude they've given him on all these decisions like stadium negotiations, playing Arlington Hoff, Arlington Heights off against Chicago, using Greg Hines as your tool, you know, in this game to try to get more money from each side. I'm not, I don't know how good the McCaskies are at this point at playing this game. Your thoughts.
1: No, that's that's on the money. I um <clears throat> I think there's a desire with this franchise, whether it's to, you know, understand the the mystifying arts of the forward pass or it is to build a, system, a stadium where um, the infrastructure is not there, but they assume, you know, if we get Matt Nagy, we'll figure out how to play offense. If we get Kevin Warren, we'll build a stadium. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, you look at the bears, this is a premier franchise. It is one of the, uh, the original franchises of this league. Uh, yet they have one championship. They have a series of people who were not born in 1985 walking around talking about Del Coach, Del Bears, um, which never makes sense to me, right? But again, this is a city that also took pride in a baseball team not winning for over a century and the other baseball team not winning for over 70 plus years. Um, this is also a city that has ran, oh man, I don't know if I want to say it because Ben's going to get mad, ran the greatest player out of town um, and has, you know, broke up a franchise before it should have been broken up. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that. Um, the city is not the city is is really bad at sports. It really is, and I I think that's such an interesting thought, right? What what type of latitude does Kevin Warren have? Um, what you always hear about Kevin Warren is that he has an insane amount of contacts. He is, um, as you know, Dan Bernstein said, just an intense political creature in terms of the fact that he's been president in operations. Um, there's, you know, there's no shortage of people who know internally that his dream is to be the NFL commissioner, and he seems to be probably the guy who's going to follow Goodell, especially if he builds a state-of-the-art stadium in Chicago, uh, and something that brings Super Bowls, Final Fours, and more and more events to the city. Um, and I'm sure the mayor's office they know this as well that that's something in present that the Bears are offering if they can come. To a deal, unfortunately, probably at the cost of the taxpayer.
0: Oh, yeah, it'll be at the toxic cost of the taxpayers. The only uh, thing I do not know is how they'll spin it. Uh, it's always interesting to see. And cranes will be there when needed uh, to help with the spinning. And the Chicago Tribune me as well. And the Sun Times, my beloved bright one, uh, to spin it in such a way to make Chicagoans think they're getting something uh, for whatever money they're shedding. Uh, that's. That's the only uncertainty. Definitely, ladies and gentlemen, this will be taxpayer subsidized. Um, I'm shocked uh, and impressed almost that uh, Arlington Heights has played as tough as they have the school systems of Arlington Heights, they have to say they have independent school districts. Uh, I, I would have thought they would have buckled a long time ago. Uh, they must have some plan in the back of their minds uh, that they haven't revealed yet. Maybe a huge casino or something, Lord knows what they've got in mind, uh, a, or some other kind of uh, venue uh, in preparation if the Bears leaves. Because otherwise, they've allowed the Bears to destroy the Arlington Heights racetrack and they're just stuck with a big chunk of vacant land. I can't believe they're that dumb. Um, that sounds like something a Chicagoan would do. So I, um, you're right. You're, you're, you're absolutely correct. And, uh, we will follow this one closely. Uh, I am a diehard Bears fan, uh, and a diehard Bulls fan. And I mourned, uh, when the Bulls kicked up, broke up that team and kicked Jordan out, my boycott lasted for about a year and then I collapsed and went <laughs> back to it. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I, um, uh, we will definitely be watching that. All right, tied to all of this is a football decision, a monumental football decision that the Chicago Bears have to make, and that is who will be their quarterback. Will they re-sign uh, Justin Fields and continue uh, along that path? He's been the Bears quarterback for, what, three full seasons, I want to say? Is it three or is it four? I've lost track of time. Uh, and Or will they use their number one pick? Somehow or other, they, they got lucky. Uh, and they retained the number one pick through a trade with uh, Charlotte uh, and take Caleb Williams of USC. Moise and I don't see eye-to-eye in this one in terms of our our crystal ball. Uh, But, of course, just so you know, neither one of us are on the inside of uh, the Bears' brain trust. So we don't have firsthand knowledge. We're all reading uh, between the lines like everyone else. So, Moise, uh, make your prediction. Will the Bears re sign Justin Fields or... Will they move away from Justin Fields?
1: Yeah. Um, Man, you know, I think we talked about this earlier with the extreme amount of heaviness and, you know, just me reading what I'm reading, I think they draft Caleb Williams. Um, And this is not to say, uh, one, I love Justin Fields. And, you know, if you ask me again, like you just said a few minutes ago, what if we own the Bears? But if you, If we were both in the GM seat, or, you know, I'd be probably your assistant GM, Ben, but if we were there, I'd be the Ian Cunningham to your Ryan Poles. Um, You build the team. You build the team around, you build the team around Justin Fields. You know, I'm so tired of, of folks talking about, yeah, you know, you got to take a home run shot, which I think Ryan Poles will. I don't think he's going to pass up the chance of taking a QB with the number one pick. Um, and the, that's why they'll take Caleb, but I'm so tired of people being like the bears have never had a QB, but the few times this franchise has had a fully complete team, they've won a championship or they've gotten deep into the playoffs. And I don't know if you're going to say, Oh, you know, now's the chance to get a quarterback. Why not look at this franchise's history when they've built out a roster, when they've gotten, they've gotten on, they've gotten the trenches built. They've gotten athletes out there. They've got an elite defense These things. Um, I still wholeheartedly believe that they should build this team around Justin, get him an offensive line, get him more receivers, use that number one pick to trade down, accumulate more assets, keep building up an ascending defense by getting another pass rusher. You've got the back, the back end looks so good with. Kyler Gordon re-signing Jalen Johnson Tyreek Stevens, um, and then you've got you know Jaquan Brisker. They got to find a the safety. They've got linebackers that they love. Montez Sweat was a great deal. You're not that far away. Um, but I do think based on the hiring of Shane Waldron, based on the way the way they're filling out that offensive staff, and then just the idea that they're going to get an ascending defense, they're going to get a team that's going to be in a better position, probably the best the team can be for a number one overall pick, uh, a QB, to come into, that they'll take Caleb Williams, which just makes me really sad because I, I can't help but dwell on what Justin Fields has had to deal with in this city. Um, you know, year one, they, they you know, trying to come in and uh, a coach and a GM that were on their last leg that put a lot on him and in the first game of his career – the coach refuses to adjust the game plan and get some sacked eight times. Um, all the way to last year where they literally let this kid get his brains beaten um, with a roster of folks you can't even remember um, because they wanted to take. Right. And that kid took his lumps and he still, you know, had like this incredible run. Like I remember that new England game. I remember that Miami game. I remember the Philly game. Like he was awesome. Um, this year, You know, people finally arrived at the conclusion that the offensive coordinator was terrible. You know, I always say, like, look at how Green Bay, look what Green Bay did. They were happy to let somebody take Nathaniel Hackett and Luke Getze. The one guy their coach didn't want to let go was Stenovich, the offensive line coach, who became their offensive coordinator. And look at that line. It's like fifth, sixth, seventh rounders playing at an elite level, especially in the playoffs. And if if a coach isn't fighting to retain staff people or saying anything, they're not worth it. And we all came to this agreement that Luke Getzey has no idea what he's doing. But then at the same time, we want to blame Justin Fields for not ascending. This is a franchise that has hurt his development. I'm not going to write him off because I think that's how awesome he is, that he's so resilient. And I hope wherever he goes... That he just kicks butt and he ascends to the quarterback that he can ascend to. Cause to me, this is a guy that you can build around. This is a guy that can win a Super Bowl. This is a guy that works so damn hard. And yesterday somebody had called in on one of the 670 and was like, oh, yeah, he didn't show any progress. Listen, you gave him DJ Moore. Him and DJ Moore almost had a perfect passer rating every time they connected. Um, but the continuous turnstile of offensive linemen, the, you know, the evaporation of Darnell Mooney. And one thing that Fields' focus got everybody locked in on was that they could not, for the life of them, coordinate a run game this year at all. You had three running backs. The run game didn't make sense. Everything was a a toss or a a counter toss. And, you know, it just became more and more more on Justin's shoulders to make every single play. But I saw Cole Komet improve. I saw the O-line improve a little bit still had a problem at center. The left tackle was out a few games. Um, I saw DJ Moore have a tremendous year and it'll always mean something to me, uh, that last game at Soldier Field with the fans chanting his name. Um, this city, if this city has constantly been asking who can be representative of the people here and the franchises here, you got that quarterback. Hardworking guy, never complains, works his butt off. And he deserves to have his faith in this team rewarded, but unfortunately I think Justin will get traded. I could see him in Oakland, Pittsburgh, Seattle. Um, I could see him somewhere like there in those spaces and hopefully balls out. Uh, and I think the bears will have Caleb Williams, at quarterback next year. And I'll be interested to see how that goes. All
0: right. Uh, now, um, let me, uh, throw this question at you before I uh, give you my thoughts. So, I say this is a monumental decision for the Bears. And I mean, by, by that, I mean it's more than just football. It's more than just what's the best way for the Bears to win games and maybe make the playoffs and, oh, God forbid, return to the Super Bowl. Uh, it's also key to getting the public to sign on to giving the Bears untold tens of millions of dollars for a new stadium. Keep in mind. We are still paying off, we, the public, the money on the last time we gave a Bears a new stadium when we refurbished Soldier Field. So in order to get the public to forget that they're still paying off the bonds and borrowed to build, rebuild Soldier Field and to get them to sign on to spending even more money building some other stadium, uh, be it in Chicago or Arlington Heights, uh, you got to give... You have to give them a sense that the team knows what it's doing on the football side uh and if you get rid of Justin fields after investing what's I, I now keep forgetting is it three or four full seasons? I can't remember I've lost three. track of time three okay, I was right about that. um if you get rid of Justin fields after investing three years into him and he goes off to pittsburgh or atlanta or seattle or wherever he goes and has a great year and you bring in caleb williams uh a rookie and he's a bust because once again the bears have no clue about how to run an offense uh then that will hurt the effort to get the public to sign on to uh giving money that will to the bears that will um deny Mayor Johnson the cover he needs to justify that expense, uh, and it will make it that much more difficult uh, for the Bears to uh, win their uh, their showdown with Arlington Heights. So that's why it's so crucial, Moise, beyond the football field, and that leads to this. Who's making the decision? The aforementioned Kevin Warren, who wants to use the Bears as a a jumping board to become the commissioner or the man who's in charge of football operations itself, Ryan Poles. This is a monumental decision who in your humble opinion will make it.
1: Uh, I think both of them. I, I do, I do think I would say Ryan Poles. I, I mean, I, I, it's so hard, right? Cause I'm still wondering like why the bears don't have this stadium thing settled. Um, and I do think it's, it is, like you mentioned earlier, shout out to Arlington Heights. we really digging in and not allowing the bears to push them around. Um, and it's a very cynical thing. The bears did where they tried to just basically say, you know, we're going to get our own, we're going to get a suburb. Like we're going to turn Arlington Heights into Rosemont, essentially. Um, I, I do think that, however, that you can sell anything to bears fans. That's how starved we are. I, I mean, that's the truth, man. Like, I've been a Bears fan my entire life, and this is, man, I want to try not to be negative, but I get so viscerally angry, but this is a stupid enough fan base that was actually cheering Tyson Bajan and was trying to convince you that guy was like, we had Kurt Warner, we had a Cinderella story, and that he was better than Fields. I just remember, I think it was uh, NBC Sports, um, you know, on Comcast Network or whichever one had a poll after the Oakland game where like, the folks calling in at a 70% rate felt like he said Badgett will be the starter for the Bears in the next year. That's how ridiculous this place is, you know? Um, So I think they could sell Justin Fields to this franchise. I think they can sell Caleb Williams to this franchise. I think this decision won't be on the PR end as much as it will be on, you know, on the football end. And I think for Ryan Poles, you know, they've been showing this clip on NFL Network of, how kansas city drafted patrick mahomes and polls got to make the call like not the final decision but he called in like the card on draft day for mahomes right with john dorsey who was the chief's GM at that time um and that just seeing him at that point i was like i could see that happening with him pulling the card for caleb williams i think this is purely a decision that they're going to make like you know we're going to hitch our wagon to this guy he You've had the first round pick for two years. You didn't take Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud last year. Um, and I don't want to hear about the C.J. Stroud stuff because nobody had the Bears taking C.J. Stroud. Uh, but they didn't pull the trigger on the number one pick last year. This year they probably will, especially with the persistent like comparisons of, of Williams to Mahomes. right? I just think that they'll do it. And I think that they're hoping with... Shane Waldron and Thomas Brown and Kerry Joseph and this new offensive staff that they've built really intriguingly because if Waldron does, you know, like Shane Waldron, who's the Bears' new offensive coordinator, if he does ball out this year, if he does build some semblance of a good offense here like he did in Seattle, he's probably going to get a job. And that's why you hire Kerry Joseph and Thomas Brown because you want to set up that offense for the next five to seven years and have a succession system. And that sounds like a Caleb Williams situation. Um and I and I just think it's par for the course for the Bears to have this one kid who worked his tail off get his brain beaten up and the Bears just being like, All right man, see you later. You know, this is a, a franchise that does that. And I, I don't think they'll hesitate and um it'll suck. And the thing about Bears fans Um, is that they love this team so much that, you know, they'll find a way through their love for Justin Fields. They'll be cheering for the Bears next year.
0: Uh, Let me just push back a little bit on what you said. This is a franchise that does that. Every franchise does that. Professional sports is so cold-hearted, and the fan base is is right there with it. The fan base treats the professional uh, athletes who play for their team in a way they would never want to be treated at their work. Fire him right now. Fire him. Trade him. No loyalty. You know, it's just like their base feeling at whatever moment it is. That's what they want to go with. I know because I've been there. Moise, sometimes I'm going to have certain Bulls players. I'm not going to mention my beloved Chicago Bulls. But I'll be, why did we draft this guy? Can we trade this guy? And then I text Moise. Uh Actually, I leave most of my basketball text away from you, um, but I don't want to get you going. I love it, man. I love
1: uh, it. I'm just, you know, my response is like, hey, there's like 4,000 games left. So
0: <laughs> Last night I was watching the Celtics get killed by the way. Like, I hate the Celtics so much. They <laughs> texted like 20 different people. The Celtics sucked, especially Tatum. <laughs> yeah. And people are like, oh, there he goes again. Uh all right. Uh, so my belief is this. Uh, it's up – whether the Bears retain Fields or not is uh, will be determined by who has the final say. Uh, if it is Ryan Poles, I believe the Bears will trade him. If it is Kevin Warren, I believe the Bears will keep him. And I believe Kevin Warren will make that decision on the grounds that it will be better – uh, to sell a stadium with Justin Fields as the quarterback and the star Marquee player because he's beloved by Chicago sports fans. They love the fact. One thing about Chicago, they see this, what he did for the Bears. This is what sports writers don't get because they're not fans. How how he like took the hits for the team and just kept coming back. See, sports writers don't get that movies. They think they think fans are losers. You know, they just have they have just disdain for fans because like. They get paid to watch the stuff we watch for free, so. But like Chicago fans have a tremendous amount of appreciation to Justin Fields because he took all those hits. He never whined. He never cried. He was always trying to fire his team up. So I believe that if it's up to Kevin Warren, Fields will stay. And I believe it will be up to Kevin Warren. And therefore, I am saying, and the bet is breakfast at the place of my choice because you know which one I oh, yeah. choose. I love that. Place, the place is amazing. Uh, Yeah, so good. Uh, Early morning delight, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, uh, I believe Justin Fields will be a bear. Uh, Yes, again, that's that's my prediction.
1: I I wish, man. I wish. I I just don't see it. I I think they will sell the number one pick. Um, I think they will sell it hard and be like. And and the thing is, once I think the majority of Bears fans know who Caleb Williams is, but once the the other side, like you know the folks who don't watch the draft or don't watch college football, like my brother, um, once they get to see the hype around this kid, as we get closer to the draft and as we get closer to the workout time period, um, I think Albert Breer from SI believes that the bears will probably deal Justin around March. Um, He thinks that's the time they they'll find a market because there are other quarterbacks that will be out there. um, You know, that they will see the optimum return they can get on Justin is in March I think once the hype rolls in, I think it's easy to sell the number one pick, but again, it depends on the stadium, right? Like if, if, if it does not get, if the stadium doesn't get resolved or something is in writing by this next season, then it will depend on the rookie quarterback having a good year, just as it will depend on Justin Fields having a good year. Um, There's a lot of balls in the air, but I think they can sell whether it's Kevin Warren or Ryan Poles' decision. They're going to sell the hype on this guy because you know the words that they use around Caleb Williams. It's not, yeah, this is a you know this is the best quarterback of this draft. They're using terms like generational, Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, Patrick Mahomes. I also think you know I was talking to a colleague today. I also think that the journalists in this city are salivating over this guy coming here, not just because of his skill set, but because of some of the criticisms of his emotions. Um, you know, you got Fields who refuses to give the media anything. I always love watching the interview with Fields. He had that one day where he kind of opened up on Getsy, but he's always kind of just like this very well-coached-up person at the podium where he'll be like, he won't blame anybody. He'll talk about the play, and then he'll just say, yeah, you know, we just got to get better, right? Um, and I feel like the Bears journalists are itching for – a combative or like critical relationship like they had, you know, a la Jay Cutler. Cause those times we were all, <laughs> all reading Cutler. the papers, right? Cutler did what? What? I, I remember, yeah. I remember him cursing at March. That was one of the greatest uh, videos ever. I think they, they want that. And if, if, if you look at demeanor, who's closer to uh, you know, not that Jay ever tried to give him anything. They just were constantly body language, all this stuff. But if you're going to get any clicks like you would, You'll probably get it on Caleb Williams more than you will on Justin Fields. Did you see last night, you know, I don't believe there's a shred to it. I hope not, but it could be. But Colin Cowherd saying that, you know, Williams' people don't want to go to Chicago. Um, And then on top of that, uh, I think Las Vegas, which is Williams loves that team. Like he's loved them in his time at USC. They just hired Cliff Kingsbury as their offensive coordinator, the former Cardinals coach, who currently is serving as an offensive analyst Um, and and in the QB room with um, Caleb Williams at USC. Now, I don't think the Raiders can trade up because you're going to have to give everything and more from the 13th to the first pick. But I think it's interesting. You know, all this stuff starts off as smoke and then it becomes a fire. So we'll see how it goes.
0: Uh, Yeah, no, that, uh, hey, make, let's, let's make the trade. Uh, Yeah. Um, All right. uh, you mentioned Pat Mahomes before I, I, we're going to the Super Bowl. I have to say this. Uh, when it comes to experts in, in sports, but particularly football, I'm struck about how little the experts know. So think about this, Moise. Without doubt, the two greatest quarterbacks of this century were completely underappreciated in the draft. Tom Brady, who is probably the greatest of all time, and Pet was taken, like, in the sixth round. Like, I went through one day that draft, He, I forget his draft was 2000 or 2001, something like that. And I looked at all the, bear, the players the Bears took over. <laughs> if you really want to make, have some fun or you kill time, not that you have time to kill, you're a busy guy. Uh, just go back and take a look at, like, some punter they took. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Before Brady. Uh, then you get Patrick Mahomes. That somehow or other, the Bears thought Mitch Trubisky would be better, and I still can't get over this because I'm no expert. I can tell you that I had ne- I don't watch college football. That's the other thing. I mean, I'll watch Big Ten games with my friends uh, at Northwestern, but I don't. That's it. It's just watching what's in front of me. So the first time I saw Patrick Mahomes play Moise, I was like, "Oh my god!" Even I could. This guy is fantastic. How could a coach? not see this how could you I mean I, I admit I did not appreciate how far Barack Obama would go in politics when I first laid eyes on him all right but he didn't have what he had when he was running for you get what I'm saying it evolved Patrick Mahomes had it right there for everyone to see so I don't trust any of these guys when we, oh I throw Brock uh Purdy into the mix Okay, it was the wasn't he the last guy in the draft? So uh, none of these guys know anything. And that's a reality. So you and I might as well be running the Bears. Uh, and
1: <laughs> uh, anyway, um, all right, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Man, um, I think as Americans we all lost already. Um, I think I've already said this is like the Trump versus Joe Biden version of a football game. Um, i man, I dislike both teams so much either either you're gonna get the 49ers winning and man i i don't know what to say dude um you know the the hot takes with that franchise are always um you know Brock Purdy being cam newton said he's the tenth best player on their team and you know that's an indication for a lot of people of like hey, if you build a great roster you can make a guy work now I, I can't I don't think anybody can just step in. I did have some fun when the Ravens were kicking their butt um in the regular season and Sam Darnold came in for a couple of plays and he was lighting it up and I was like telling you man anybody can do it here but then you know obviously Trey Lance um who I have some feelings about in terms of giving him a fair shake couldn't cut it and he was a third overall pick and they got rid of him. Um but the 49ers seem to be this like well-built roster a testament to um one First and foremost, Kyle Shanahan, who I think is the best offensive mind in the game, Um, and his ability – so, you know, the – I'm so fascinated by Kyle Shanahan. Like, one, his father was a hell of a coach, and his father was kind of known for – you could plug anybody in as a running back because of him and Kubiak, his offensive coordinator's zone running scheme or their run scheme. Um, You know, I remember when they had Mike Anderson, Olendis Gary, like post Terrell Davis, and these dudes were, like, awesome. And like you're like my God, anybody can run behind them, right? And mm-hmm. the thing about Kyle Shanahan, and you got to dig deep into YouTube, and like you got to be a moron like me who reads every subtle piece of every single interview these guys do, like Shanahan or Mike McDaniel or McVay or Lafleur. And I always remember this one interview where Shanahan talked about creating an offense where the passing resembles like a longer handoff, meaning it's safe. It's easy and it gets athletes with blocking in space. And how do you build such a system? You build it by one, getting your having a stable of athletes at receiver, having everybody block, and then creating this system of just routes that allows safe throws, right? To allow wide receivers to kind of act like they're getting a six, seven, eight yard handoff and then they do the work, right? And but Shanahan always commented in other interviews that the precise quarterback, a quarterback that can throw with timing or can trust where the receivers are going and throw with anticipation will really unlock them. And I feel like they've gotten there with Purdy for now because it's really interesting, right? This is a franchise built to win now. What happens if they don't beat the Chiefs? Do they start looking for a quarterback next year? Does he reunite with Kirk Cousins, et et cetera, et cetera? Just someone a little bit better than Purdy. But the fact of the matter that they took a guy who was the last pick in the draft. Um, and it is not, it's not, and you know, we had that debate for a while with Tom Brady, right? Where people were like, system, Belichick, but he's proved everybody quiet when he went to Tampa. Meanwhile, Bill Belichick's career has gone the other direction without Tom Brady. Um, and, you know, you don't know about Purdy. I, I, I tend to like listening to people like Cam Newton, um, and he's not a big fan of Purdy, but here they are. They're in the Super Bowl, but they also have this roster on the offensive side that features, you know, in my opinion, one of the greatest left tackles to ever play the game, right? And Trent Williams, uh, Christian McCaffrey, who can do everything. Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. um, And then the greatest play caller we have in the game right now in Kyle Shanahan. That's pretty damn formidable. And I'm a big fullback guy, and their fullback is a stud, too. And then on the defensive side, they have, like, a relentless front four and two of the, be- the best linebacker duo in the NFL, right, in Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. Uh, but it's like, that's <laughs> the 49ers, right? Like, we could have had a Lions and Ravens Super Bowl. That would have been so much fun, dude. Uh, and for the Chiefs, um, yeah, I'm just tired of them. Tired of them. Um tired tired of Patrick Mahomes, tired of Andy Reid, tired been tired of Matt Nagy. So it's like, you know, it's one of those Super Bowls where I'm not too hyped. I think you text me and say you're gonna watch the game. Probably, but I'm not gonna make a big deal out of it. Like I'm not gonna go and, you know, try to go to a Super Bowl party. I'd probably watch it in the apartment, you know. Um, but man, I'm just like I'm like if 49ers win, great. Like, you know, we're going to hear about Brock Purdy being redeemed and Kyle Shanahan finally gets his title. If the Chiefs win, it's going to be like, how the hell did they win without any good receivers except for a really good tight end? Their linemen hold all the time. And what about Steve Spagnuolo, man, building that defense that really has no household names behind Chris Jones? Um, And yeah, it's going to be another victory for Andy Reid, who's who's going to have to garner some serious consideration as one of the greatest coaches in football. Um, so yeah, it's it I think what makes me really sad is that I was really hyped for Ravens and Detroit Super Bowl and then we got, you know, we got again the Joe the Joe Biden versus Donald Trump of Super Bowls.
0: Well, uh I'm trying to think what Detroit uh Baltimore would be the pair if if you want to do the analogy with the politicians. Um uh, so yeah, like if I this, can't
1: even think of one.
0: I can't think of one right now. But I was rooting for uh Detroit. Just because I want Detroit to win something, the city, is, you know, just to give it to Detroit, uh, and um, I feel like they're a model of what the Bears can do in many ways. Uh, and I love Baltimore's quarterback uh, Lamar Jackson. I, do, I love the way the guy plays the game. I felt bad for the rookie receiver uh, who dropped the, who fumbled the ball, and uh, then hurt his hand, and when he banged the. <laughs> Oh my god! When it rains, it pours. So I feel really bad for them, and you know. Uh, and plus, here's the other thing: Roquan Smith played uh, for Baltimore. I was rooting for him. He's ex-Bear, uh, and um, uh, David Montgomery is a. Uh, we used to play for the Bears. I was rooting for the X bears yeah, Absolutely. Uh, I was rooting for the. I mean, if you're so, if uh, you're
1: going on a Bears connection, you know who loves the freaking Bears, and I'll send you the YouTube clips. George Kittle. I remember when they knocked the Packers out of the playoffs. (laughs) He was like, he's a huge Bears fan. And I'm so sad they didn't pick him. Wait, when did the Bears knock the Packers out of the the 49ers? The
0: 49ers knocked the Packers out
1: the the, the 49ers. are like our, you know, at this point, like our spiritual older brothers. We can't beat up the Packers. So we called them and they're just like, we got you. Okay.
0: So let's go there uh, in closing. (laughs) The Green Bay. Oh, man and yeah. I cannot stand, I cannot stand the Packers. Packers. Okay. So, I you know, it's hard for me. Who do I can't stand the most in sports? Uh, I don't use the word hate because I think hate is too strong for sports. So, you always think it works for the Packers. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not even the- <laughs> like Boston Celtics. I, I hate the oh, Celtics.
1: I hate the Packers. I hate the
0: sight of their uniforms. New York Knicks cannot stand the smugness yeah. of that I hate team.
1: Bridgeport. No, hey they can't.
0: Okay. okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> These and opinions. So. <laughs> <Please, Melania. laughs> like uh send your letters to Bouise. <laughs> uh and um <laughs> hey Bridgeport. That's really Sorry about <laughs> Uh so uh but the pack there's just something some of the smugness about the Packer fans because they beat the Bears all the time. Uh and they think they're so smart. And I just did this little story and I sent it to you, probably didn't have time to read it, about how they they fired their weightlifting coach. This dude, nobody ever, Chris Gizzy is his name. I had, And then I looked him up, and I go, oh, that was the guy with the flag in the 9 game. I remember him. And they, like, a weightlifting coach. It's just like, they think they're so smart. And all their little fan base, which is like, they're lemmings. They'll run off a cliff. If the Packers do anything, oh, they're so smart. They're so brilliant. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they find a weightlifting coach because the receiver, follow me, Mui's, hurt his
1: hamstring. Christian Watson, yeah.
0: Hamstrings are snapped all the time. You think you're going to bring in a genius that's going to keep a player from getting a hamstring injury? No, especially that guy. Yeah.
1: That guy's always been injured. Um. Yeah. No, it was dumb. Yeah, it, the receiver hurt Christian his hamstring. Watson, I'm like, yeah. yeah, they think they're, but it's like, oh, he's so smart, man.
0: That's how Packer fans are, so delusional. Oh, right. you know. So, Is there any hope that this will be reversed and that the Bears will get the upper hand with the Packers? Or are you one of these people that thinks uh, Jordan Love, the Packers quarterback, uh, will be the next great quarterback?
1: Um, We had a chance. We had a chance. Uh, His name is Jim Harbaugh, and uh, we let him go to the Chargers. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think, you know, Matt Eberfuss, man, uh, you know, I sat there and I was like, man, Matt Eberflus, I think, beat Ben Johnson, who is the extremely hot commodity of a coach that the Detroit Lions have as an offensive coordinator who decided to come back to Detroit because he wants to finish the job. They want to win a title. And, you know, we'll see, right? Ben Johnson's really good. Um, he has his flaws. But you saw Eberflus just like especially that second game after they allowed Detroit to come back and win in the fourth quarter. Like Iberflus has owned that guy for seven out of eight quarters last season. But then he somehow just cowers in front of Matt LaFleur. Now, that last game, they only gave up 17 points, but I don't think Green Bay punted. And I appreciate that Iberflus has created a culture where the players feel open enough in a leadership and respectful space to come back at the coach. And they all said how much they didn't like the game plan. They didn't like what was going on defensively. Like they didn't, they weren't aggressive. I think it was Jaquan Brisker was talking about that the receivers the Packers have at the line of scrimmage should have been challenged a bit more, right? Um, So I don't know. I just that like our coach is our defensive coordinator, and Matt LaFleur is. I mean, he's brilliant, man. You know what I mean? Like, I, I hate to say it, but like. I I don't, maybe it's a hater in me. I won't give Jordan Love any credit, but like those Packers receivers are always open. They're always open. And my favorite play in football, which, you know, by next year, all the defensive coordinators will catch on has been like the TE leak, where you run like this heavy action towards one side and then the tight end comes off on a delay, right? You saw them just punish Dallas with the TE leak. They also got the Bears once on that. Um, Lafleur man, knows what he's doing. And it doesn't surprise me that he comes from the same tree as Shanahan and McVay, which also includes Mike McDaniel, which also includes Matt LaFleur, Bobby Slowick, the dope offensive coordinator of uh, the Houston Texans. So I don't know, man. I, I don't – you got to have a coach who's willing to be able to do that. You know, and watching Jim Harbaugh reverse the fortunes of Michigan against Ohio State. I don't know if Matt Iberflus can do that for the Bears, Um, because Montez Sweat is dope, but that offensive line held the Bears in check, and the Bears are gonna and like those guys held San Francisco in check. That San Francisco pass rush, which I think is far more lethal than ours, right? Because they got they got the inside, they got the interior press pass rush. They got Nick Bosa. Um, Chase Young has been a little underwhelming, but they also have this rotation of dudes that can come off fresh and rush, and they did a good job. Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I, I just feel like the Bears are gonna, the Bears are gonna pull out maybe a split with the Lions next year. They'll they might beat Minnesota twice, depending how Minnesota's roster looks. But I just feel like an O two against Green Bay is coming because they, forgive, pardon my language, nobody shits the bed against Green Bay like the Chicago Bears have lately. It's so, it's so I just remember how hyped everybody was about the hundred year anniversary coming off that. One great season, and Mitch Trubisky came and, like, you know, Mitch, Mitch and Matt both, like, you know, shit the bed against Green Bay in that opening day. And that set the tone for the rest of the year. Um, and then this year, the insulting bookend of like getting our ass kicked in week one and then losing in the last week, too. <laughs> yeah, and then Luke Getzi, yeah, of course, that clown, not letting Justin yeah. pass the ball once in the third quarter, just malpractice. Yeah.
0: I, there's something, I, I, I'm a big believer in this, which of course, uh, the most unscientific uh, sports theory in the world, but I'm going to utter it because I think it's demonstrable. Um, Sometimes it's the uniform. Settle down. Come on. Uh, So follow me. The the Bears see the Green Bay Packers uniform, just the uniform. Doesn't matter what's in the uniform. You can put Moise in the uniform, and they collapse. Similarly, and you could do a scientific study on this, the Chicago Bulls, when they see the Cleveland Cavalier uniform, they go helpless. Donovan Mitchell's not in the game. Evan Mowley's not in the game. You know, Garland's not in the game. They got, who's it? What's Struce's name from DePaul? He's in the game. Suddenly he's he's turned into the second coming of Reggie Miller. It's the big, I don't know, it's the uniforms. Anyway, that's my um, all right, well, we're going to end with a little pot since we're such a gloomy, I don't want to end on a gloomy note. Let's talk about uh, the bright future that the Bulls have uh, as we <laughs> As <laughs> just we head out the door my beloved bulls you gotta come on at least jump on the kobe, I love white, kobe white i love
1: kobe come on man I'm, I'm a kobe believer i've been a kobe i've been a kobe fan since day one people are just mad at me for like settling with this guy i'm like dude he's good i like him
0: that's good to hear we're gonna close with that i send movies clips every day every white. day but like
1: before <laughs> you used to send me clips of damar then you would send me clips of zach
0: Loft oh There, I was, don't a, think I ever there was a Pat that. Bev
1: period in your life where you were I like, yeah, love man, Pat Pat yeah movies, to, this to this day. Bring him back. And I'm like, I love it. I love it. But I'm also like, hey, man. like This <laughs> team's still hovering around a playing spot. I don't know why you are so excited." We
0: are. We're there. We're in the ninth spot. Okay. Ninth, ninth, seat. ninth place, baby. Come Let's see. go.
1: Let's go, Ben. Ninth place. And I was, I was about... Eight selective enrollment teams, uh, you know, opting out of flag football from being the champion in the city. Wow,
0: man. I'm going to tell you something. This guy can coach. It was just him alone with his little squad uh, from a northwest side school up against Lane Tech with their college coaches in cargo shorts. (laughs) Uh, and I said, Moise, I'm going to come join you. I'll wear cargo shorts, and that'll help you because I love cargo shorts. It's about all I have in common with the coaches from Lane. Too. Uh, and I, I'm going to hold a clipboard and keep all the
1: statistics for you, okay? Uh, you got one AirPod I'll, in, I'll keep an AirPod. We'll just relay <laughs> thoughts like, hey, Ben, what do you think? Should we go for it on fourth down? You just give yeah. me the Dan Campbell advice. Go for it, Moise. Go for, go it, for it. it
0: every time. Let's give the girls something to live hey, for. Let's go, Let's go for it.
1: Can I believe in you. Tell these stories to uh, our kids. Let's go. <laughs> all
0: right. Uh, and uh, f- uh, final news: this is broke. Uh, Joe Rogan, uh, the podcaster, uh, most pop- one of the most popular podcasters in America, just re-upped a deal um, with Spotify for $250 million. Oof, man. Okay. I just want everybody to think about that. I have a podcast. I host a podcast, and Joe Rogan hosts a podcast. He's getting two hundred fifty million for his. But I want to tell you something, Moise. He gets two fifty. I get far, 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 far less than that. But I pay my guests exactly the amount of money he pays his guests to come on. All right. So I'm, I'm, I'm. You're going to get to pay the same thing that Aaron Rodgers got when he went on. Uh, uh. Joe Rogan show back. I'm gonna give you a raise. I'm about double your salary. All man, right.
1: You are, so, you are amazing. Thank you, Ben. We can, we can finally buy some, uh, new bats for the softball team.
0: Oh man. Yeah. He's also the coach. How, how's your girls' softball team looking?
1: Good, good, good. I feel good. Um, you know, just working on trying to fix some swings, gonna, gonna play scrappy this year. Uh, like we, like every team that I ever get a chance to coach. But, um, honestly, man, when you get to coach, it's, um, it is really an honor. I, um, I'm so I'm with a lot of the, the players I had during flag football and I'm also just met a bunch of new players. We conditioned Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And I, um, I tell you nothing brings me more joy than this stuff, especially when you see young people figure things out. And today, you know, we were working on just like, you know, the transition from, you know, ground ball to throw and seeing one of my young players, um, who couldn't throw last week now throwing a little bit harder and it's going to get better and better but just like what it means for them right because they're always in these stages of like um, having self-doubt and then seeing them just work through it work through it um, and then succeed um, but more than anything I just appreciate watching the camaraderie Um, seeing students that never talked like a freshman and a senior and now they're you know, hanging out and, you know, the seniors giving her advice on how to, you know, handle herself during high school. That's all you can ask for as a coach. So I'm, I'm so excited. I am so grateful to be at this school. Um, and I'm just grateful that, uh, I get to have the greatest job in the world, which is being a public school teacher and then getting a chance to coach. So I'm, I'm on cloud nine always, whenever I get to do this stuff.
0: No, oh, it's good to hear, man. And, uh, yeah, maybe I will join you if you'll have.
1: Absolutely, uh, dude.
0: Flag, I love flag football, and it's just, I'm really enjoying the fact that it's the, one of the fastest-growing sports in America right now for girls. i uh, we'll, uh, promote another podcast I did with Stacey Davis Gates. I urge everyone to check Yo, it out. Yo, let's go. Uh, uh, but we at the end, we got into a, a sports a little bit. Stacey uh, Davis Gates is a huge sports fan. Big time. People may not know that about her, but yeah, she knows her stuff. Uh, and uh, she was like, oh man, I wish they had flag football back when I was in high school because I would have loved it. And yeah, it's a great game. And are, all you mothers and fathers out there you might want to think about encouraging your daughters to play it. Um, it's just like a lot of like it, running, cutting, uh, teamwork. Uh, it's not a violent game. It's flag, so you just you don't tackle. You pull the flag, uh, so it's a lot of quickness when you're trying to avoid getting your flag uh, taken stripped. So it's a great game, and I'm glad to see it's taken off. And even if I don't become uh, your assistant, I'll become a fan and come out and watch you guys play. And I'll wear my cargo shorts. Okay,
1: Man, <laughs> I, so you you walk into a stadium and you look across the field and you see three coaches in cargo shorts. You're in for a long night. <laughs> <laughs> you're in for a long night and uh you know you got me uh wearing my dry fit and then i look across the field and i'm like oh god these guys look like they all <laughs> look like go. they got this from tj max i'm gonna get bored. yeah, yeah. Uh, cargo shorts from tj max Yeah, yeah it sounds like my wardrobe yeah. and then they got uh, like a camo hat for some reason you're like oh man i'm done
0: yeah no. oh my god i can't That's interesting i uh now, I get to cargo. I'm wearing cargo shorts for basically May to October.
1: Uh, yeah, you were skateboarding yeah. out in Cali, man. I was, I was, yeah, I was. Man. I
0: sent you the pictures from Cali <laughs> <It's> skateboarding. <laughs> I was like, this guy, Ben Jirovsky, dude. It's
1: Tony Hawk right there.
0: <laughs> all right, very good, Moise Buani. Thank you very much, Coach Moise. We call him on the Ben Jirovsky show uh, with his great analysis uh, of of football and uh, all kinds of things. So, thank you very much, Moise. Appreciate you coming on the show. I also thank uh, Producer Nate for doing a great job. Take care, everybody.